on another episode of Soothing Semantics. I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. And make sure to subscribe, like, share, leave your comments. Follow Rafi the Realtor on Instagram for all of your real estate needs. Make sure to check out the weekly newsletter where you can get all of the updates on the South Florida market. So make sure to go to the link in bio. You can reach out to me if you have my contact and I would be very, very happy to help you. Without further ado, we have the clat that travels. The ethnically ambiguous uh, Indian Dell technical support uh, dude, that that's how we met, dude. I had a problem with my with my PC. Oh, oh, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I was busy freeing Palestine. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, he was face deep in some uh, chicken tikka masala, and oh, uh, Just, you he know, some, he had some uh, he had some butter. He had some. Uh, Garlic naan. Naan. garlic naan with cheese. I tried to fix the uh, computer's nano parts, but I couldn't because my hands were buttered from naan. <laughs> so make sure oh, to check I never, I never helped my own case. That's the problem. And now I, I recently went to India too, so I just like I picked up the accent even more. And now I'm, just, I'm fucked. Like everyone's gonna think I'm Indian forever. I know. Do, do they? I'm sure when you're in India, you fit in so well, bro. It's crazy. Everybody, you know what's funny? My whole life, people have been telling me I look Indian, and I rejected the premise. So I was like, "Fuck it, I know I don't look Indian." And I got to India, everyone was positive that I was Indian, and they were fucking flabbergasted that I didn't know how to speak Hindi. And uh, yeah, it just yeah, it was hilarious. It's quite funny. It's quite funny. It reaffirmed well, the box. Yeah, dude. Well, like an Indian prince, not like we're not talking about at the on the low end of the totem pole or anything. Oh yeah, I wasn't a commoner. They they referred to me as Punjabi, which is like the more people thought I was like an upper class Punjabi person, like the the border of Pakistan, that area. The royalty, the royal, the royalty, the the Sikh royalty people. That's what people thought I was. So I was like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, dude, and you have you kind of put like gold gold. Um, of flakes on your naan you don't just eat the naan out of the oven <laughs> you know little little pellets of cow duty do a little like little, <laughs> salt bay style yes uh, dude i think we're just gonna let's just talk about this for the rest of the episode My so, uh, <laughs> i'm down i'm down so guys there's a war uh against the, the jews um obviously what, people, people, what are people. you talking about there's a war <laughs> Well, you you have a, another war to deal with 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 Pakistan. Uh, you're, you're, so so yeah, man. The the Jews uh, the Jews unfortunately were massacred. Um, Fifteen hundred of us on the seventh of October, and, and uh, I think most of the people listening to this episode will have heard about this. It's everywhere, and so we have now entered Gaza, and the. Outcome will hopefully be Israel's victory. I'm supremely confident that will be the case. I have lots of faith, and I know what we're capable of. And so the question becomes, what will what will happen afterward? So I'm open to your thoughts, uh, Ranjib. My, uh, my Indian analysis. No, I mean, I think that it's it's... I've never seen our 
country and our people come together in such unity before while there's like those self-hating Jews that kind of like stand there on street corners trying to get the approval of white people and Arabs for some reason that want to chant free Palestine or ceasefire and things like that. Like just random terms to get like this faux level of loyalty or or not loyalty, but respect from people who don't fucking matter. Um, I think for the first time in my life, I've ever seen our nation and our people come together all in agreement that we cannot live next to Hamas anymore. Like nobody is willing to do it. Nobody wants to do it. And it's like people might try to pin the country into like it's it's political. It's isn't that man. I myself know so many people who flew without even being called just to be ready in the reserves. You know, just like everybody is willing to fight right now because it's it's a sort of second time liberation of the country. You know, and this time we're liberating our Palestinian friends as well. You know, people who are actually innocent civilians in hopes of a better life for all of us together. Not just in the interest of Jewish people, but in the interest of Arabs who live under the borders of Israel as well, who are extremely targeted during the attacks that Hamas committed. And so I think it's this sort of, we're we're ushering in a new future, which is very exciting in a lot of ways. Very sad, obviously, with what happened. But we are ushering in a new future of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and where we might go from all of this. Well, if I'm playing devil's advocate, right, if somebody who's pro-Palestinian and and or anti-Israel, because it's usually synonymous, uh, who, what would you say to the people who would respond to what you said when you said we're, we're saving the Palestinians? They say, oh, well, you're bombing the shit out of Gaza. How does that help? I would say you're committing a genocide. That's what they would say. You say you're right. ethnically cleansing Palestinians from a thing. I mean... I've had nonstop discussions with Palestinians for the last month about all this, but every time you confront them on the facts, and it's again, I, I understand when you're seeing the news and you're seeing the horrifying images that are coming from the Strip, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. There's no denying it. It's a horrible atrocity that's happening that civilians have to die. And a lot of times these are completely innocent civilians. I mean, a child is innocent. There is no, a child mm-hmm. cannot be not innocent, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but from the same perspective, it's understanding how we got there, accountability, you know, taking taking responsibility for how we got there. Um, and and obviously, obviously, they would deny the claims that I'm saying we're actually doing something useful. But what's the alternative? Living living under Hamas, it's repressive, you know, and, and they've shown everybody now. There's so many Arab Israelis that are coming out. And I covered myself on Instagram the story of one individual, Awad Daraushi, which was, he was a paramedic who was in the Nova Music Festival, who he stood till the very last moment. He had a phone call with his fucking brother. You're talking about the medic, right? Yeah, when the terrorists came in. And he said, no, I'm going to fucking stay here. I'm going to try to help people. And because I speak Arabic, they probably won't hurt me. And then they fucking gunned him down while he was, while he was bandaging a girl. In the mm-hmm. fucking party, and 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 there are so many cases of this, like of Arab Israelis who were targeted without even like no, like they didn't fucking interview them, say like, are you pro Palestinian? Yeah, they yeah. <laughs> murdered them. They murdered yeah. them because there was one, there was one that was recorded too that uh, a Palestinian gunman, like a, a a terrorist from Hamas, he asked this guy who was begging for his life. This Arab Israeli was begging for his life. I think he was Bedouin. 
<clears throat> oh, sorry. He was a fellow Palestinian who just works within Israel, and he shot and killed him because he works in Israel. I mean, they were all drugged up. Obviously, they weren't thinking right. But mm -hmm. it's it's like not that you can really think right in that context, but it's like Hamas and the people who control the Gaza Strip, they are no friend of anyone. But real only... quick, real quick. First off, I obviously agree with you. Second of all, he killed him because he works in Israel, but yet Gazans were allowed permits to work. So what? How does that make it? It's it, it, it's but again and and that's it's there's a transcript of it too. I don't remember the exact details, but it's it's all like you can find it on Google. It's interesting you mentioned the drug, by the way, because I'm gonna quickly just give the the viewers an idea because people might be wondering what kind of drug it is. Um, I'm just gonna put in because I saw this Hamas drug. Du -du 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 -du. Yeah, Hamas militants used poor man's cocaine during Israel attack. Let me let me find the name of it. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Earlier in January, Israeli security personnel intercepted a shipment of thousands of Captagon, that was the name of it, Captagon, Captagon pills yeah. that were concealed within refrigerators, which were being smuggled into Gaza. The Times of Israel reported this incident. Most militants used Captagon during their surprise attack on Israel on October 7th, which killed more than 1,400 people. The militants carried out a well-coordinated assault from the Gaza Strip onto bordering areas in Israel. Uh... I just wanted to read again, read what this drug does real quick. Okay, Captagon or phenethylene hydrochloride was initially developed in the 1960s in West Germany. Okay, it was intended to treat uh, uh, ADHD and other things, but let's see. Oh, really? Okay. Militant groups have reportedly used Captagon to enhance certain desirable characteristics in their fighters, such as aggressiveness and alertness. The drug has also become a major revenue source for the Syrian president Bashar Assad's regime. But ultimately, what I read about this drug is it removes the feeling of mercy. It makes you more alert. It makes you more aggressive. It makes you more violent. Uh, there were there were militaries throughout history who used different forms of drugs. As far as I know, the Israeli military hasn't. I mean, maybe in the early days, I couldn't tell you. Maybe during yeah. the Irgun or Palmach, I, I don't know, because things were a lot more militant back then. But uh, nowadays, I would be absolutely shocked if there was any kind of anything, other than maybe some guys putting taking some Adderall when no one no one knows. But who knows? yeah, or or maybe maybe there's some emergency cases where you need to take some sort of stimulant if it's a high stakes situation. Yeah, I, I don't know. Even mm -hmm. even though I don't really think that's probably something that we do. Um, it's I listen. It's anything's possible, but I don't think we're definitely not doing any of this. I can't imagine. I would be very <laughs> surprised. Sure yeah, I would be very surprised. So ultimately, I mean, this is what the reality is, and I know this just because I know this. We're gonna win. We have to. We don't have a choice. And the response on the other end could be, oh well, they don't have a choice either. No, they they do in a way. They can surrender. Um, we are not going to yeah. give up this. We're not going to give up this fight. And honestly, I am. Part of me is actually surprised because Israel has disappointed me in terms of these ceasefires. Because I've been saying this for so many years already that we keep, you know, creating these ceasefires. Hamas restocks. They get more weapons. We're back at square one again. They start the same bullshit rocket firing. And then we're constantly in this position of mowing the lawn. And now, unfortunately, when this attack happens, now we have 
the we finally have the uh, the gall to go ahead and make this a, a final decision. And I hope we will, man. I just now I just want to get into the conversation with you of what the hell we're gonna do once we once we take over Hamas, hopefully they surrender or we kill most of them, if not all of them. What do you think should be the the outcome, man? I mean, does does the PA take over? You know, because as I mentioned to you the other when we were talking before the podcast, it'll just become some kind of crazy anarchist state if we don't if they don't have somebody ruling them yeah yeah i mean we've discussed this in private as well but i've been thinking about this a lot not just now but like throughout the years is like what happens if you somehow get rid of hamas you've got so many elements to look at one you've got hamas you've got palestinian islamic jihad whatever other small militant groups are in there that align with those two groups or run shit on their own and then you've got this population of around 50 to 60 percent of pedestrian citizens who also believe in the extremism that they preach. That's kind of the problem, bro, is like we're calling them innocents, but we know we know in the back of our mind, in the front of our minds, that a lot of them are in support of them. And that's it. That Here's yeah. the thing, though, too, just to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's like you we don't really know. I mean, I know a lot of those surveys were done on the U.N., so it's as unbiased as it could be. But also... Uh, we don't really know what they can say and what they can't say, what they feel comfortable saying, what they can't. And women and children, for the most part, to me, are innocent, for the mm-hmm. most part. I know Palestinian women have had a history in committing terrorist attacks, specifically on Israeli citizens and uh, on Israeli civilians, um, and using that whole scapegoat of being a woman or being a child to do it. Uh, but... I still think that the vast majority of women and children in the strip can be can be given a new life, a new lease on life. I think when it comes to young men, it's 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 a fucking wash. Like there's going to be no way to realistically vet young men. It's just unfortunate, but that's that's a situation that the most prone, the biggest they're the biggest potential threat. And so we've seen looking around at the Arab world, specifically in the Levant. If you look at Syria, you look at Lebanon, you look at Egypt, specifically in the Sinai Peninsula, you look at Jordan. We cannot, by any good faith, by any good stretch of the imagination, relinquish freedom to the Gaza Strip as as a country who is occupying or blockading them at the moment. You, You couldn't, in good faith, relinquish freedom to them because we know that freedom wouldn't realistically do anything not for us and not for the Palestinian people. And so I I think the only realistic situation is if the interests of the West are to subdue this horrific terrorist mindset, this religious extremism, and I don't think that Palestinians are Afghanistani. I don't think they're Afghans. I don't think they're the... I don't think that they will not jump at the opportunity to get a better life through money. I think that Afghans, you can't reason with them with money. They oppose the West in a way that it's deep-rooted with them, and there's been years of colonization that's tried to happen in Afghanistan, and they pushed all of them off. Similar to Iraq, I think, as well. I think Iraq mm-hmm. won't go with the money. They're too, they're too Arabized. I think mm-hmm. that Palestinians are not even true Arabs. They have their own identity crisis that they, they deal with on a day-to-day 
And I think the Lebanese, for example, the Jordanians, the Syrians, mm -hmm. the Egyptians all follow this trend of they will go where the money is. They will go where the opportunity is. And so you need to instill, in my opinion, and I know this sounds fucking horrific, but just vibe with me on it for a second. Probably what you need to instill is some sort of dictator uh, <laughs> that's aligned with the West um, that that can rule with an iron fist and not allow in any way, shape or form the 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 development of more extremism, more religious extremism. It needs to be shut down then and there. But do you think that the the, the Palestinian population is going to be okay with a more westernized leader? Like that's the question: is what kind of do we have? Like an Al Sisi, like in Egypt? What kind of leader do we have? I unfortunately don't think that the Palestinians are going to accept anything that isn't Hamas. I think that that if it doesn't come from them specifically, and I don't foresee them if they're given some sort of option to vote democratically again, that they wouldn't vote another extremist group in. Just because after all of this, they're not going to want, I'm talking about the Palestinians in Gaza, they're not going to want peace with Israel. And no rightfully way. so, they don't understand and they don't understand what's actually going on on the ground. They've been brainwashed for so many years. They've been locked in this fucking horrific position for so many years. There's no possible way yeah. that they're going to, they're going to want to align with the West in any format. So it's like kind of like for the betterment of everyone, you need to strip them. And I know it sounds horrible, but you need to strip them of the opportunity to put themselves back where they are now and actually save them, actually liberate them with a bit of a dictatorship in the beginning. That's like what's so, that's what's so crazy is there's this guy, um, Shank uh, Uyghur, I think it or Uyghur. I'm, I forgot how to pronounce his yeah, name. The, the young Turks from the young Turks. Yeah. That guy, right? So he always has this fucking yelling, yelling uh, explosions where he's yeah. like, you have your boots, you have your boots on their neck. And, I, and it's like, yeah, they're in tough positions. There's no question. And Israel is putting them under this blockade for obvious reasons. And the whole thing's very tough. Like there are parts of what he says that I can understand what he doesn't understand because he goes, oh, you, 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 you think that they can't even govern themselves. It's like, well, they've kind of proven that they can't. <laughs> Because they Wait, can't even agree to where one in the government. Levant, where in the Levant can one of the countries govern themselves? Oh, it's Every crazy. single country in the Levant is a fucking shit show. Every single one, including ours. Yeah, yeah. like I, I mean, we're the best off. We yeah. we we sell the facade of we're doing all right, pretty fucking well to the world. But Jordan is a fucking wash. It's Palestinian oppression. Like a, like it's a full on Lebanon. Like Lebanon's terrible. Palestinian oppression. Egypt is a fucking mess. It's a goddamn mess with racial division, religious division, oppression of Coptics. It's like a fucking crazy mess. Lebanon's not even a fucking country at this point. Yeah. It's nothing. Lebanon isn't anything. It's just Hezbollah in the south and these fucking calm, modest Arab Christians in the north that are just like, we just want to fucking live. We just want to party. <laughs> And eat shawarma, and that's all we want to do. We want to be the Europeans of the Arab world. And then Syria is just a fucking civil war that's never ending because it's being funded by Iran and Russia. And it's like you look at everyone around us, it's like, no, none of these motherfuckers can govern themselves. They they all are fucking terrible at doing it. The only ones who have any sort of semblance of unity and like something is the Gulf states like Qatar, Bahrain. UAE, Saudi Arabia, kind of is getting there, but kind of. 
and Oman. And even then, they're based on the backs of fucking importing millions. Wait. I mean, I'm talking millions of like forced laborers from around the world, stripping them of their passports and using them as modern day slavery. So you look around everywhere in the Arab world, it's they have proven to the world that give them power and oppression will happen. Give them power and, you know, death is going to happen. And again, it's not an anti-Arab sentiment. It's just like, that's the world of the Middle East. That's the world we live in. Why would we relinquish power to people who obviously can't be trusted? Yeah. Like we have our own issues with the Israeli government. You know, leaders want power every, in every country. But there are different levels of fairness. The fact that there are billionaire Hamas leaders is mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing to me. The fact that they live in Qatar is fucking unbelievable. That shit is insane. Isn't it crazy? Did you see those pictures of Khaled Mashal uh, like playing ping pong? He was, I think he was doing a bunch of other things. <laughs> Did you see it? Like, Did you see it? Without, I haven't seen that one specifically, but I saw, I saw a picture, like a video of them in a hotel room, and they were like, they were really flamboyantly dressed and like kissing each other, and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, how does this? You know, like this is the one shit. That's one thing I'll give shit to our government. It's like we have the Mossad. We have people all over the world, you know, doing secret operations and stuff, stuff that's all hush hush. How the fuck are the leaders of Hamas just chilling? How are they just chilling? Well, they tried to kill. They tried to kill Khaled Mashal the many many years ago when Netanyahu was prime minister. Um, Mossad tried to poison him. Yeah, but like, it, like what I don't understand is how currently he's in Qatar, like. Qatar is just steps away from making peace with us, in my opinion. I don't think they're very far off. The fact that they're mediating between between Hamas and they can't really be on the side of Hamas. Qatar, it's just hard to imagine. Yeah, well, if you're if you're giving him if you're giving him a refuge, then you're not really on this on our side. Why would you be giving him refuge? But that's what I don't understand is like Qatar behaves politically very similar to the UAE, Saudi, Bahrain, who have all made peace with us. They they look up to those countries like they want to be one and the same, and right. you like Hamas is a, a Hamas would Hamas's ideology they would murder everybody in Qatar. They're 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 like religious extremists, but they're also anarchists. They don't want semblance of order and peace. And so I don't understand what what interest does Qatar have of hosting these motherfuckers? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. I. Like I think I think, I think human needs I think humans need their own planets, man. I'm telling you, I, I just think we should have, you know, a planet for every group of people, and that's it. Not obviously that wouldn't actually work, but like I think Jews oh, at this point, I think Jews at this point should have their own planet. The only problem I is I really do I really do believe we can live with Palestinians side by side. They they can be fucking cool people, man. They I honestly have had the opportunity to hang out with a lot of really cool Palestinians. They can be fucking cool, man. And and their their culture is the more you learn about it, they are they we are one in the same. They they are a part of us. They're an integral part of us. I think that the what we look at when we look at Hamas, it's like we're looking at the dark side of us. We're looking at ourselves in the mirror, but like the really dark side of us. But like there's no doubt in when we're killing Palestinians or when we're, you know, when all these all these terrible things are happening in Gaza, it's we we are killing our own people. You know. The culture might be imported, the language might be imported, the religion is imported from a different place, but genetically the people are us. You know, they are us. We are one and the same. You know, they they're, they're interesting. Part- 
Yeah, it is I, true. You know, genetically, if you if you tested the genetics of Palestinians, they stem from the land. You know, they're they're not yeah. they're not from somewhere else. They are from there. Um, they do have a rightful claim. Well, to the some land. of them are, some of them aren't, because there's definitely a lot some of them. Are, are some of them are there? There are a lot of families that came from Egypt, but you know, it, <clears throat> at the end of the day, for the most part, most Palestinians can trace their DNA to the Levant and the, at the very most yeah. Israel, and. Uh, and they're a part of us, man. They're our brothers, and they're our brothers and our sisters are our family. And I, I do, I think for sure that we can live in peace, man. I've had so many positive experiences hanging out with Palestinians. Yeah, you can, man. But the problem is, is the overall picture. So it's like, how does that work? Because the problem, dude, is, is like it sounds. What you're saying sounds very nice. First of all, in the current state, most Israelis would just be like, "To hell with all of it." I really <laughs> yeah. say I blame them. Second of all, the problem mainly, I think is the number of them versus us. If they were a tiny group of people and we can just take them into the country, they would get citizenship, they would live by our rule, there would be maybe 10% of the country. Okay. You know, you know the Druze for example, they're super loyal. They're a small percentage of the of the of the population. They don't threaten us in any way because of they're such a small. If they were 50% of the population, it might have might change things. So you know, the minorities in Israel, for the most part, respect our, our way of doing things and they're loyal to the country and that's it. But if we have to worry about the Palestinian percentage of the Palestinian population overtaking us, I think that's the, the biggest problem, dude. And at this point, there are about as many of them as there are of us in the entire world. If we're looking at, quote unquote, people who identify as Palestinians all over the world, there's, dude, there's about there's as many of them as there are Israelis. I think and there's so, more. Past, yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about the Jewish population, but yeah, I'm talking about no, no, the Israeli population. I think they've surpassed yeah, the Israeli population. Yeah, we're talking about the ones in Europe, in America, in, in the yeah. refugee camps, in the Levant, the ones in the West Bank, the ones in Israel proper, if they consider them, whatever it is. So yeah, like I'm saying, what does peace look like, man? Because I, I'm I'm very against giving away land. I'm very against that. And I, and I, I actually I saw, agree with you. I actually I saw an interview I actually yeah. saw an interview by a rabbi. He was on some news site and he was saying the fact that Israel has given away land actually tells the world that we're wrong for having it. That giving away land subconsciously tells the world that we believe it it's not ours. And I completely agree. And it's not the first time I've heard it. And it's very, very true. Secondly, we fought and we won. So to give land away it also hasn't worked. It also doesn't do anything because there's too many of them that have an ultimate goal of taking all of it. So all we're doing is furthering their goal. We give them a to them. They go, ah, you know what? Okay. We got a little bit more this time. Let's keep fighting them. We'll get a little more. If we keep fighting them, we'll get a little more until we eventually have everything. That's what they're thinking. It's very naive to think otherwise. So the two state solution, I don't believe in because why the hell are we giving away more land? It makes no sense. And then sharing it with them is an, another issue because there's so many of them at this point. So honestly, dude, I don't know what the hell to do. I really don't. Uh, it would be great if they went to Jordan or if they went to the Sinai. That was a plan, supposedly, that many of them would go to Sinai. It's such a massive space, but they wouldn't want to do it, I, I imagine. Mm. No, but again, Egypt. again, again, they... I mean, what? Like The, the ones who live in, in Bethlehem, for example, in Area C or in Beit Jala, 
mm-hmm. who live on this borderline of being Palestinian or being Israeli, and they have a lot of interaction with Jews and with Israelis on their day to day. Is Beit Jala maybe Beit Jala is Beit Chala, and 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 Bethlehem is Bethlehem, so makes you wonder. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, and this um, is why we should not. We should be. These are. These should be our lands. This is my point. Regardless of the fact, you know, like Bethlehem being what it is now, it's been overtaken by Muslim Palestinians. Yeah, it's such an integral part of Judaism. That's what's you, funny. You yeah. can't. You can't repel those people backwards. You can't tell them you can't live here anymore because of your religion. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like. The same way, for example, this whole two-state solution thing, which is complete idiocy. I don't think it's right for anybody to tell me that if I wanted to live in Hebron or if I wanted to live in Shechem, I can't live in Shechem because of because of the fact that I'm a Jew. And I don't think that it's right for anybody to be able... I truly don't believe that it's right for anybody to tell a Palestinian that they can't live in Yafo or they can't live in Haifa or they can't live in this or that because they were born in the west bank or in aza dude i love what you're saying i love what you're saying oh go ahead i'm listening but so so when i when i calculate when i look at all that from the big picture i'm like okay it's not it's not right for me to say that to them and it's not right for them to say that to me and at the moment the only apartheid that really exists that i see is we can't live in gaza and we can't live in any arab area of the west bank we're not even allowed to fucking enter them because they'll kill us on mats. Mm-hmm. You have to go in complete secrecy the way that I went into Ramallah with Corey, where you have to hide your identity, can't say that you're Jewish, can't say that you're Israeli, because they'll just fucking murder you. Um, and so for me, it's like, there, there's no point in trying to even push this stupid ideology of a two-state solution. And all these fucking European countries in the UN are like, no, we need to get back to the roots of a two-state solution. It's like, that two-state solution is gone. There's no possibility. You'd have mm-hmm. to start a civil war in the West Bank where people would be killing each other en masse. It would be yeah. armies and small militias against each other. And there's there's no point. We should find a way to incorporate Palestinians with, with dignity into the country. Again, it's complicated. And I'm not just throwing it out and saying, kumbaya, we need to have peace. I've thought about it a lot. There, there are ways to do it. There are ways to do it with autonomous regions, with autonomous zones, you know, it, it, like it, it does relinquish certain voting powers away. It can't it will never be able to be 1000 percent, 100 percent. What about the security risks of it, man? Because how can you guarantee that we're not going to have Hamas style terrorist groups if we do? That? What if we just let them we open the gates? We open the gates. We just say, all right, come live with us. But, but that's not know. how you do it. First of all, okay, you so can't you do, do it. it that way. But it's but. But Will you let it, 10, 10 of them in, in at a time? How does that work? No, I think it's a, it, as crazy as it sounds, it's a big fixation that needs to be done on uh, women and children, specifically vetting them first. And yes, breaking up families. I think what people don't understand is that this scenario is fucking insane. This whole scenario is crazy. And so mm-hmm. to try to find the humanity, dignity, and like the legal, ethical way to do every fucking small movement it's impossible. People are like, you can't break up families. You can't take this. No, it's a fucking crazy situation. We've been at war for 75 years. People are going to be displaced. That's the reality of the situation. You can't undo that. That's like, that's just real. That's what's going to happen. Can I be real as fuck with you? And I said this before, and this is just people who can, <laughs> people, people who are very logically minded can understand this. 
when you when you conquer a land and you don't conquer it to the point of no return, you're left with a large enough population that's going to constantly fight you for for their for their view of what things should be like. And so it, this is even a biblical term. I think it's in Devarim. It's in, is it in, I think it pretty much says if you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land, then they will be a thorn in your side. And it sounds super brutal and, 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 you know, medieval, but I mean, that's the reality, man. And I would, this is not me saying people who are here, this are, oh, is that what you're suggesting? No, it's what has <laughs> been true. It is what has been true since the beginning of time though. Okay. I'll tell you so, something so, in return to that. So I'm sorry. So, sorry, what sorry. I mean, so, yeah. So what I'm saying is now that, and we had brutal wars in the beginning of Israel's independence and uh, things, things were not great in the beginning. Like they were, it was, it was bad. But the, the Palestinian population has, has grown significantly since then, as much as people want to label us, uh, want to throw the genocide card all the time. It's like, we're not doing a great job with that, considering how much they've grown. Yeah. Um, and that yeah that presents a challenge. But yeah, go on. Go ahead. Yeah, I think specifically in that regard, this is something that I've been talking to a lot of people, especially explaining to a lot of people who don't, who look at this conflict from the outside, because... I, I'm connected to a bunch of people from a bunch of different diverse backgrounds around the world. A lot of people are misinformed and don't even know anything about the conflict. They couldn't even point to it on the map. And so they have questions. They come to me with questions. I try to explain to them all the time that if Israel, Israel has above and beyond the capability to commit an actual genocide, if they were trying to commit a genocide, they're doing a fucking shitty job at it. Like, really, they're doing a shitty job at it. And you know, I think the core of what it comes back to, it's like it's like desire and what our nation actually wants. And I think in reality, you can see when you speak to the average Israeli, they're not looking for fucking oppression. They're not looking to oppress Palestinians. They're not they just want to live in peace. They don't mm -hmm. give a fuck. They yeah. don't they don't have an interest to occupy land, quote unquote, take people's houses. It's not they're not really interested in that. That's the thing that's so different is like people want to try to compare us to Nazis. We don't inherently hate them. We, it, it's caused a hatred because we can't get a break. And I understand the hatred on both sides to an extent. But like I said, imagine the Palestinian population was only 10 to 20 percent of the Israeli population. And that's all it was. That's pretty much what it stayed at. You know, they weren't having nine, 10 kids. It was pretty much just a... a 20% even isn't even that small of a number. It's a pretty heavy number. But if it was a small amount and they were respectful of Israel's government and how things went and even many of them joined the military and they did their thing, we would have no problem. We really wouldn't. We really wouldn't. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I think uh, I think this is just a price we have to pay for having a land, man. I think uh, you know the Jewish people have been blessed with a lot of things, but... I believe from kind of a, a biblical standpoint that this is God's way of saying, here's the land, but it's, you're going to, it's going to come at a cost. And I think maybe what you were saying about the whole con conquesting thing is very interesting because when you look at examples, for example, like with the Spanish, when they conquered the Philippines or Mexico, or when the colonials came to the United States mm -hmm. and they, they conquered it from the Native Americans, when they built those places, when they actually colonized those areas, they didn't 
inhabit the same areas as the locals of those areas. They blocked them out completely. They lived in their own. We didn't colonize or conquer Israel. When we came back to what was the Palestine Palestinian territory, we didn't come back with this idea of we are colonizing the land or conquering it. It was we're coming home. Yeah, we're coming back to our place. It yep. wasn't like what the Arabs did in that area, what the Muslims did in the Caliphates and the Ottomans. So they were never there. Yeah, the thorn in our side is specifically because we didn't conquer the land. We yeah. came in with this idea ideology of kumbaya of let's yeah. make peace with our neighbors which our neighbors have rejected us since day one. They have had a deep-seated hatred for us, some of it which comes from religion, some of it that comes from anti-Semitic tropes that have just shuffled through the, the Middle East for the last 2,000 years. But all of that culminates to the fact that we didn't fucking do a good job because we didn't we didn't conquest, we didn't colonize. Yeah. And that's our problem. I'm not saying that we should have, but that's that explains. No, you you are saying we should have in a way, and that's the reality. And like I, I can, I'll argue this. I'll stand up for this point any day of the week. It's not that I. It's not that I want it. It's that it's in a way required in order to have peace within a land you live in, because if you have a group of people who are unwilling to accept your sovereignty, then all you have is constant war. It's just a very simple principle, and so. This is why before the media age throughout history, one group would conquer another to a point of no return, and there would be no ability to have that argument. And so it, it may eventually get to that point, man. It might happen now. It might happen in the future, but it might just come to a point where most of them will have to leave somewhere else. There might be what they call another, uh, I don't like to say not because I don't, I don't, uh, I look at the the side of the Israel. Catastrophe. The what? The catastrophe. The, the catastrophe. The catastrophe. So, no, I mean, this is this is the reality. They have tons and tons and tons of land to go to. They can go and visit Al-Aqsa if they want to. Um, it is what it is. We At the end of the day, we don't, like, Jews have been suffering over and over and over and over and over. I don't want other people to suffer, but my people come first. Period. End of story. And uh, I hope the world will eventually recognize Israel to a larger extent. And if they don't, they can kiss Matochas. That's what I have to say. So, uh, dude, it has been a pleasure. We're going to wrap up Thanks now. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So guys, like, subscribe, share. Make sure to leave your comments. Follow The Traveling Clat on YouTube. Follow me on the gram. Follow uh, Tal on the gram as well at The Traveling Clat. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Until next time. Peace.